Welcome to Rugga Matrix America. Hi everyone, this is Alex Goff. Bruce McLean is off doing something. I'm not sure where he is at the moment, but he may actually jump in on this show uh, in a little bit. But I'm on all of my own for the moment, and we have a great show here for you today because we have one of the all-time great uh, USA national team players and uh, someone who's been in the news with a, a new development lately, and that is uh, Paul Emmerich. Paul Emmerich has... Uh, Recorded 39 caps for the United States, scored 11 tries, and there's only one other person who's one person for the United States who's scored more tries than his 11, and that's Via Anatoni from way back. And Paul, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Alex. Appreciate your uh, your kind words there. Uh, well, uh, pretty easy words to say. Now, uh, we have some. The, you're in the news a little bit because you've just signed on with Life University as an assistant coach. And as a player, and first of all, I want to jump on the coaching side of it because this is kind of a new thing for you. I know you've done some youth clinics and things like that, and, but this is this is a new thing for you. And I I wonder, are you going to be uh, working more with the college players or working more with the adults? Um, well, I think my my initial uh, conversation with Dan Payne was uh, my interest in helping the uh, undergraduate program. A bit more, um, and I'm sure you know I'll, I'll be able to give a uh, little little coaching bits uh, with the Super League and stuff like that. But um, my role as a coach is mainly going to be for the for the undergraduate program there. Well, are you excited about that? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm uh, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous. Um, I'm uh, currently picking up some. Um, some coaching books uh, from uh, John Wooden and, and Phil Jackson, trying to um, you know get some philosophies down and 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 stuff like that. But I'm excited to uh, start getting my feet wet with the uh, with the coaching aspect. Okay, so Paul, on the playing side, you're going to be playing for Life University, and I know you played a little bit for the Chicago Lions in the Super League a long time ago, but this is really your first. Uh, step into domestic rugby since you were in college at Northern Iowa. Yeah, it's, it's been a while. Uh, <laughs> looking back, uh, bit of a bit of a crazy journey from uh, from when I graduated uh, at University of Northern Iowa and, and that DT program. But uh, you know, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm not quite sure what to expect, um, being that I haven't, like you said, uh, played domestic rugby since 2003. Do you think that you're you're going to be you're going to have a target on you for uh, in a little bit? You know, people are going to say, "Oh, well, they've got Emmerich in the lineup this week," and uh, you know, you look at his resume. Do you do you look at it that way? Um, no, uh, well, I think it'll be fair to say I won't I won't be a surprise to anyone. Um, but uh, <laughs> I don't I don't see it as as, as a target on my back. Um, you know, I, I'm I'll just concentrating on. Playing my game and executing uh, my skill set, but uh, you know, it, it, I imagine there might be one or two guys out there that perhaps will want to want to take a shot at me or or anything like that. But you know, that just comes with the territory. 
All right, good. Well, the giant big screen on the the wall of Rugger Matrix World Headquarters tells me that Bruce McLean has actually made it in and, and is online. So, um, hey, Bruce, I'm glad you're here, and uh, I, I think you've got a question for Paul. Alex, I'm glad to be here, and I, I also – Paul, it is – I'm really, really excited that you're going to be playing in the Super League, and I, I don't think that anyone is really going to have uh, – is going to try to take shots at you. I think that they're going to be really honored – for the ability to play against you and with you in a World Cup year, and I think that that's going to be it's it's really it's it's an amazing honor for the guys. And 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 as and as has been alluded to, Mike Petrie is is coming back from the Dragons in in Wales. He used to play for, and and one of the reasons he's back is that they're. You know, it, it's it's tough in Wales with the Welsh Rugby Union p- paying the salaries that they want to play the Welsh players ahead of everyone else, unless you're really a marquee name. And I think that you kind of you kind of felt the the brunt of that. But what do you what what do you what are you looking at in the Super League? Like you you're going to be transitioning from sevens back and forth. Are you are you just going to go to the Hong Kong tournament and 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 the tournament after, and then play Super League straight out? Or how is this preparation going to deal with you in the World Cup? And I know that that's a kind of a jumbled question statement and probably wasn't great, but let's hear what you have to say anyway. Um, uh, playing going for right now is uh, is uh, get this uh, uh, Hong, Hong Kong Adelaide um, tour. We'll, we'll hit our goals here for that. And then uh, I believe I get back on the 5th of April and uh, I'll have to uh, – Drive my car from Denver over to Atlanta uh, via via stop at Mom and Dad's in Iowa. Um, they told me to to swing to swing by on my way to Atlanta, but um, <laughs> so I'll go up there and see my folks for a couple of days, and then I'll I'll try and be down in, in Atlanta on that uh, by that Thursday to try and make the uh, the afternoon's training, and and uh, you know I, I don't I don't expect to uh, to do put straight in the lineup, uh, but perhaps uh, get on the bench and, and uh, maybe get a few minutes. But uh, So it's straight from the 7s, straight into the 15s. And then uh, I think there is some overlap with the London-Scotland leg of the 7s and the Churchill Cup. Uh, it always gets moved up a few weeks when it's a World Cup here. So, uh, you know, I'll have to... Uh, I'll have to balance that with Coach O'Sullivan and Coach Caravelli. Have you spoken to James Isaacson? Have you spoken to Ben Jones and James Isaacson to see how you're going to fit into this team or what position you're going to play or what role you're going to play within the, within the club? I know you, you're going to have a college role. Have you spoken to Ben and, and James about what your role within the rugby club is going to be? Uh, I, my, my role down there is, is, um, is going to be – player it's first first can be a player um you know that, that program down there is, is as close as you're going to get to a uh, fully professional setup in the states um and you know uh i think speaking with as i said uh, earlier with alex uh I, I don't think i'll be called upon too much to do any coaching in the super league club um and uh, I'm, I'm more looking to get my feet wet with the uh with the undergraduates and and that that'll only be an assistant type role. Paul, like you said, it's been a long kind of strange journey. 
you, you I'm trying to remember now where you played. And, uh, I think it was Catania in Sicily was your first was your first uh, pro club overseas, and you played at Overmart, uh Parma and the Gwent Dragons and back at Parma and played at Ulster and tried in this last fall. Uh, so kind of been all over. Um, looking back on it, first of all, would you would you rather have been in one club the whole time, or is there something to be said for changing a change of scenery, um, just on a personal level, but also on a rugby level? Um, how difficult was it to change clubs and just you know keep wondering what where am I going to be this fall? Yeah. Um, well, I, I think the when I went over and signed in that Italian league was was a uh, was a good was a good start for me to to just get uh, seen within the, within the Italian league and also um, in, we were in the uh, Challenge Cup, which which helped me jump into the into the Celtic league. Uh, and, and my goal when I was in Italy was to was to play well week in and week out, and you know I, I wanted to get into that next level of competition. But uh, uh, and my my two years at Wales, um, I had a third year on my contract, and uh, I, I forewent that to sign with a French club, and then they turned around and and. Uh, I uh, didn't honor the contract, and and that's how I ended back up in Parma. But uh, you know, and it, it's it's a little tough. Um, I'm not exactly a a, a marquee name brand player, um, but it, it makes it tough for you to kind of jump in between leagues like that. I guess in hindsight, it's 2020, but uh, I would have uh, stayed my third year in Wales there, and uh, it would have been easier to move around within the UK. But you know, I, I've I've really enjoyed uh, living in Europe, and and uh, you know, uh, man, I got, I got uh, some good friends all over the place, and seen seen a lot of the a lot of the countryside there, and you know, I speak a little bit of Italian, I can cook a little bit of a uh, cuisine, and and uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's definitely a great life experience being exposed and, and moving around, stuff like that, but. Getting, you know, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was funny. I, I used to do, uh, you know, you do these Google searches, just checking to see if any American players show up in the news. And I remember running across a piece about that that mentioned you, and I realized it wasn't a, an article about rugby at all. It was an article about baseball in Italy, and they were talking about how, um, and it was in Italian. I've just kind of figured it out, but you know, various. Um, uh, celebrities have shown up to watch baseball here in town, including Paul Emmerich. <laughs> yeah, there's a there's a professional baseball team there in Parma. Uh, you know, I had a, I had my ball cap and and uh, Parma jersey, and and every time they had a home game, uh, if it didn't conflict with with my uh, with my rugby schedule, I, I'd go out there and catch a ball game. You know, it just kind of a uh, little bit of a uh, little bit of home there. You know? Yeah, reminds you of home, absolutely. Paul, what are you looking for in this? I mean, you've really been domestically one of our top players, if not our top player. And, you know, not, not, I'm talking on the international stage. You know, Z has had a tremendous, he scored a tremendous try in the World Cup and has had great success with Bear Ritz. But really, consistently, day in and day out, 
for the Eagles, you've probably been one of the best, if not the best players, even even when you're falling and out of favor, you, you always come back with a vengeance and, and do the right thing. What are you looking for on in the Super League side to help you develop, to be prepare yourself for the World Cup? Because at the end of the day, like that's why Mike Petrie came back, was to get game time to prepare himself to, for the World Cup because he was getting five to seven minutes a game, which just wasn't enough. And, uh, and, and I was just wondering... What are you looking for out of the league to help you to prepare to play against these? And you're, you have a, quite a formidable bracket outside of the Russian team, but you, you do have I – mean, Italy just beat France, so we're looking at a formidable bracket there. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, you know, for first uh, and foremost is, um, you know, to, to be in an environment where I can – uh, you know, uh, a very dedicated training, um, not only rugby training, but also uh, fitness and, and weight room training. Um, you know, and those structures are in place down at Life College. Uh, so it's a good environment there. And, uh, you know, the, the coaching staff down there is, is very professional. Dan Payne is, uh, he's really coming into his own as a coach. Um, I remember playing with him on on back seven side back in, in 2001, I think, uh, when we won the national championships, and that was kind of his first exposure to rugby. But uh, uh, so so Payne has come into his own as coaching, and uh, as far as my personal goals for playing in the Super League is um, is uh, you know the the standard probably won't be. What I'm used to over in Europe, but uh, that just makes uh, you know all the more reason that I should be very clinical with my decision making and execution of of my playmaking. Um, you know, it, it'd probably be a little bit more time on the ball and stuff like that. So there shouldn't be uh, you know really any unforced errors is is kind of what what I'm striving for, just to be very clinical. Well, you, what this does do is perhaps remove any uncertainty, doesn't it? That you have, you know where you're going to be at least for the next few months. You know what you're going to be doing and perhaps not worrying like with a temporary contract week to week or what's going to happen. And, and at least you can map out your preparation through to the World Cup now. Absolutely. I, I, that's a big part of the, of the equation right there is, is I can, uh, you know, at least for these next two or three months, um, be able to say, you know, this is where I'm going to be at. Uh, you know, like I said, there's, there's structures in place there that are, that are top notch and, and, uh, you know, to jump right in and, and get stuck in with the rugby down there. Um, you know, it, it, it's hard to train when you're, when you're bouncing around all over the place, you know, you, you gotta have that structure and you gotta have that, that regimen. Well, when you're bouncing around all over the place, who has provided the uh, the consistency for you? Maybe it, maybe it's a coach or a mentor. Who have you uh, relied upon to help you through your career as you're moving around? Um, I uh, I still keep in touch and talk with uh, Coach Phillips quite a bit. Um, you know, I just just check in with him and and you know, we talk about uh, what's been going on, how things are going. Uh, you know, future plans and, and stuff like that. And, and, uh, he was very instrumental in my development early on in the career. And, 
and uh, you know, I've always been able to to call on him for a little bit of advice uh, now and again, and uh, so he's he's been a a very useful asset and tool uh, for for me to be able to call upon. Is there any balance that you have to have between sevens and fifteens? I know a lot of guys lose a bit of weight when they're playing sevens because they just need to be a bit, a little bit lighter, a little bit quicker, and be able to accelerate through. Are you? Is that a problem for you, or do you keep basically the same weight and the same kind of training regimen for both disciplines of the um, game? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm a, I'm a fairly. I'm a fairly skinny guy uh, to begin with, uh, pretty low body comp. So, uh, you know, when I see uh, at the end of camp I'm five pounds lighter than when I started, I, I start hearing alarm bells going off. But, uh, you know, that's just the nature of the sevens game. It's it's a uh, it's a lot of running, and and uh, when you're playing fifteens, it's it's more. There's still a big uh, fitness component in it, but. Uh, you know, there's there's a bigger component of being able to be a bit more explosive in that in the contact area. But uh, you know, I I managed to keep my weight between 210 and 220, whether I'm on sevens or or in the 15s. Do you find that the that sevens has kind of become it was more of a keep away game for a while, and now it's become a bit more confrontational, and 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 you know, flooding zones and and trying to go up go up the guts of people and taking people on, do you find that that allows allows you to kind of play both disciplines pretty effectively? It, it kind of fits into your game because you are a, as, about as abrasive of a player as, as we've had in our back line at, at least in a decade, that's for sure. You know, there's, there's, it is starting to move a little bit more like that. Um, if you look at the RB stats, uh, we, uh, U.S. team, um, you know, we, we've we've got the most number of of rucks uh, for any team on the on the tour, and and you know, uh, we've I think our, our uh, ball retention in those rucks is like at a 97 percent, and uh, you know, if, if in our motto here we talk about with boys, if if it takes us. You know, four minutes to to grind down a team to score a try, then you know that's what we're going to do. Um, uh, you know, but it's still it's still a difference. It's it's still very different game plans, very uh, different mentalities, and uh, and different patterns of play. Paul, looking ahead to the World Cup, uh, the you were in the your first World Cup was two thousand three. Which was uh, when you were you were playing more fullback and you were sharing some time with uh, John Buchholz, and I, I I think I think that was really more at the beginning of your international career, and then uh, 2007 of course uh, started off really well and until you got uh, suspended for a, a, a tackle on Ollie Barkley, which was the end of your tournament after the first game, um, so. In looking ahead to this one, do do you feel like do do you feel any personal pressure? Do you put it on yourself in terms of wanting to make this one count? Yeah, I think uh, after after I had that uh, that last appeal in the US Seven World Cup and it didn't go my way, um, you know, I, I kind of sat down with myself and I was like, man, I I can't I can't end uh, my you know 
at a World Cup like this, I, I got to, for, for personal reasons, you know, I got to make this next World Cup. And, and, uh, and you know, I want to I want to end it on my terms as far as uh, my playing career. And, and uh, you know, I, I, since the 07, I've had some ups and downs, but, you know, you just keep cutting it out and, uh, and keep playing hard. And, and uh, you know, that's all you can do and, and hope the selections go your way. So, um, and, that, and that's what, you know, I'm going to keep doing that going forward here for this, for this next World Cup. And, uh, I think uh, I think I'll be a couple couple caps shy of uh, you know selections and everything go my way. I'll be a couple cup uh, caps shy of, of 50, and, and I'll have hit uh, three World Cups. And um, you know I'll, I'll be I'll, I'll have been pretty satisfied with with uh, with playing career, and um, then I'll sit down and reevaluate uh, things after that next World Cup, but. Everything right now is geared towards and focused towards uh, September and October. Well, how would you like to see USA Rugby develop? I mean, one one of the things that I, you know, one of the things I've noticed about you is that the mental component of your game, because you have had ups and downs, and 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 you know, the red card in Canada, and the I I actually think it was kind of a BS incident with Barkley. I, I think it was he was looking to offload, and, and he just and and you just and it just kind of got he wound up getting dumped, and it was just one of those things that that does happen. And I could I could see where they were coming from. The length of the suspension was rough, but you you really have bounced back quite well, and and honestly, you've bounced back amazingly well. Where would you like to see USA Rugby go and develop, and what can USA Rugby USA Rugby do to help the domestic game and help players play internationally? Because you know you've had almost a decade-long career as a professional, not not quite, but almost a decade-long career as a professional, albeit as in a journeyman style, because we it's just been tough to get the work visas and, and the play as a foreign player. But I just wanted to know what your thoughts were on that end. Oh, man, <laughs> that's a good question. Uh, and there's a... Uh, there's a political uh, answer that you really... Just, there's a political yeah. answer that you just don't want to give. <laughs> no, no, you'll no, get, you'll give this, you'll give you that know. answer after the World Cup? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I think... Um, Biggest thing, uh, you know. You know what, Paul? You if, know, if you want to, if you want to talk about youth development, go ahead. It's it, you don't have to talk about. You don't have to talk. You don't have to talk about anything that's no, uncomfortable. No, no, that's, that's all right. I mean, I, I, I know such little about the actual politics and and you know what goes on with the administrative side of USA Rugby. That you know, I'm not even going to attempt to comment about what they should or shouldn't be doing. Um, just because you know, it'd be it'd be a very uninformed comment and. You know that's that's not fair to to uh, to our administrators and stuff like that. But um, I tell you what does excite me is, is I keep um, I keep uh, talking to players, uh, ex players who you know are either on the backside of their careers or just retired that are starting up youth programs. Um, I went back home to Iowa this summer and uh, Chris Draper, who is uh, an IRB referee took it upon himself to start up a uh, high school sevens league. And uh, that first year, I think he had um, 
about eight high schools joined. And this spring, I think he's already got 14 and a possible another two that want to that want to get involved. And you know, it's uh, starting to uh, his, his model of uh, the way he's starting that is, uh, I think, pretty brilliant. He's uh, using the sevens format. You know, you can scrape together 10 kids that want to come out and and play sevens rugby. And you know what? And they're probably going to have a ball and they're going to tell their friends and, you know, and maybe the next year you might get 16, but that's going to grow big enough in two to three years where you're going to have a a solid base. And you say, right, well, you know, we got enough kids to feel the 15 side rather than try and dump and jump in the deep end there and and say, right, well, we need to get 20 kids out to, to start this 15 side program. And, uh, you know, so it's a great model, and he's been having great success over there. And I had a chance to uh, this past summer to go over there and kind of work with some of the kids. And and uh, you know, it's just about exposing these kids to to rugby at a young age. So so say like when a uh, when Miles Craigwell comes along, he's not picking up a rugby ball for the first time when he's uh, 22. You know, he could he could have gone back and said, "Hi, oh, you know what? Yeah, you know, I, I played a little uh, sevens and touch rugby when I was in grade school or high school. I kind of have that basic skill set of running and passing and catching the ball and and, and getting the uh, you know the vision there with uh, with reading reading defensive lines and just little things like that. Exposing exposing kids at a young age is, is, is a great thing, and and I really think as as we do more and more youth rugby here in the States, that's going to pay dividends down the road with, with, uh, you know, you're going to see more and more Americans, uh, you know, born and raised Americans overseas playing. You know, I think there's only been uh, a handful of us that are, uh, you know, born and raised here in the States, learned our rugby in the States that have gone overseas. Uh, Kevin Dalzell, Dan Lyle, Haji, Mike McDonald, uh, Taku, there's another guy, Connie Clever is another guy. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a pretty short list there. Well, Paul, would you recommend it? What What would you say to a, a young kid uh, about uh, going overseas? Would you uh, recommend that that journey? And would you also uh, have any advice? Um, man, it's it's tough. It's a tough market over there. Obviously, we're not a, a rugby pedigree rich rugby nation but uh you know if uh you, you train as hard as you can here and find the best competition here and and uh, you know uh coach Phillips was uh was always drilling in their heads you know you, you got to be a student of the game and uh you know not only analyzing your game but not just watching a uh super 15 game you know you, you got to kind of watch it with, with a purpose and, and uh, in a student's eye, uh, you know, and, and, and observe the, the little nuances that you could probably pick up rather than, you know, oh, it was a good play. Well, you know, why was it a good play? You know, rather than just the guy put him away, let's go back here to the to two or three phases that created that overlap. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? is you got to be a real student of the game and, and uh and just just train hard and 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 play play as high level of competition as you can here in the states and and uh, keep your fingers crossed, you know. 
doesn't hurt to have a uh, French grandmother somewhere in there either. <laughs> well, well, actually, yeah, that, well, that's I've... one of the things I was thinking is, is if the IRP was really serious about helping Tier 2 nations go into Tier 1, one of the things I would do is if you're not in the top 12, if you're not an automatic bid to the World Cup, that when you go over into another nation as a player, that you're not considered a foreigner. I'm not saying that you you know you don't need a work visa and all that stuff. Obviously, you need that for for uh, you know governmental reasons. But if the leagues didn't count you as a foreigner, that more players from say the United States, Canada, even Romania and and Georgia and all those places, they would get more opportunities to play. Because it's 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 very similar to being in the Super League that there's a limited amount of foreigners, so you could have a guy who should be on your team, but he can't be there because he's a foreigner, and and it's it's even more restrictive overseas that you can have a very limited amount of foreigners, and 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 the fact of the matter is, like like an NFL GM, you're not going to get fired for drafting a guy at a USC. But if you draft a guy out of Alcorn State, like a Steve McNair, and and he's a failure, you're getting fired. And right. if you take it, if you take the American player, and things don't work out, and you're zero and six, you're done. See ya, good night, Irene. But if if yeah. the guy doesn't have to fit in, like if you take a New Zealand player, even if he's not as good as the American player, you're not going to get canned for it. And I think that that's something. They're sitting there spitting money here and there and NA4 and all this other crap. I think that if they if, if they were able to do that and say, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to enter, you just have to be good enough, then I think that would provide way more opportunities and allow these teams to get a lot better. And I don't know. I was just actually wondering what your thoughts on that were or am I out of my mind? Yeah, I think uh, you know it's kind of catch twenty two. Uh, you know, with, with like um, uh, say uh, Taku and Kevin Swearin and, and and Toddy. I mean, you know, they they've they've earned those opportunities overseas, and and uh, you know, I'm sure their their first year on that contract wasn't uh, wasn't anything great, uh, but you know, they've they've taken those opportunities and and they've made the best of them, you know? Um, so definitely, uh, you know, I would like to see more opportunities, uh, given to, to American boys. I, I think, uh, there's definitely, uh, some, some, some players over here that, that would do well over there and, and thrive. Uh, but like you said, you know, in our current environment, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to earn that shot, uh, for, for those managers to, to give you that opportunity or, you know, you, you really got to earn it, and, and uh, you know, once you get over there, you really got to, you know, you, you, you got to play your consistently good every every weekend, you know, week in and week out. Otherwise, uh, you know, like you, we're like I said, we're not a we're not a pedigree rich rugby nation, so you know, and that reflects maybe poor that on uh, back on on manager decision to to sign this American guy. Where if it was a Kiwi or an Aussie or someone like that, they can just say, "Well, you just had a bad game." 
to go from he's a poor American player to this guy who just had a bad game. You know, there's there's a little bit of that, but um, you know, hopefully as we get more and more Americans overseas and playing and stuff, that it'll be uh, a bit, you know, help change that perception. And perhaps if if they did do that for us, uh, you know, it helped change that perception about uh, about American and American players. Well, I would certainly think that in some places when when a team hires an American player or assigns an American player and that that player doesn't isn't successful immediately, you know how teams are, you know how conservative teams can be. They they'll say, "Well, we signed an American guy and it didn't work out, so that's, you know, we're not going to do it again." Right. You can see how yeah. you can see how those things happen. Uh one yeah. one final thing before we let you go. We know you're busy at uh the Sevens camp, Paul, and uh, we've got Hong Kong and Adelaide coming up, and uh, uh, assuming you make the squad, which uh, you know we expect you to, um, what what do, what is the team seeing looking ahead to Hong Kong and Adelaide? Uh, well, you know we're busy here in Chula Vista uh, Monday. What, what day is today? Tuesday. Uh, feels feels like it's Thursday already. Um, no, we we've got two two big days, uh, Monday and today, uh three sessions a day. Uh early morning field session, uh another session before lunch and then an afternoon field session and and uh we're definitely putting the work in to uh you know, to get better, get our pattern down and, and uh you know, we just uh we just need to be better executors of our uh of of our game plan. And then, uh, you know, the results uh, will start taking care of themselves. But uh, we're, get, we're, we're getting some work done here. And, uh, you know, we got uh, eight, 18 players here in camp. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of competition for spots. And, and everyone needs to be on their uh, on, the, on the top game. Excellent. Well, Paul Emmerich, we do appreciate you taking the time to talk to us. And congratulations on the new position uh, at Life University, and uh, good luck in the tournaments that are coming up. All right, my pleasure, guys. Thanks a lot for talking with me. Paul, it was a real pleasure. You were a great guest, and, and hopefully we can have you on soon, and uh, hopefully NYAC gets to meet you in the semifinal, preferably in New York. <laughs> That's great. I, I, you know what? I really like New York. I've been there a couple of times and enjoyed myself each, each of them. Well, so. then, then tell Life to tank the game next week. we'll we'll see about that (laughs) perfect thank you Paul appreciate it all right thanks guys thanks thanks bye well that that was great with uh, Paul Emmerich Bruce and a couple of things first of all Nyack gets to dodge Paul uh, because he'll be out uh, playing with the USA 7s team when life plays Nyack uh, coming up in, in a couple of weeks and the other thing that struck me is that he talks a lot like Tom Billups. The way he talks, his, the way his voice sounds, and his inflection is just like Tom Billups. And, of course, they're both from Iowa. So uh, he, he talked about the influence that Tom Billups had on him as a player, but also um, they're both Iowans. And I, I just, it just struck me as how they talk, how they speak, was so very similar. Um, but I, I, are you happy that uh, Nyack gets to, gets to dodge Paul? Actually, I'm not happy that Nyack gets dodge yeah, Paul because, you uh, you, you, and and the, and the reason is that you have so few games, 
in the league that you really want to be playing everybody at their best. And, and you don't really know who you are unless you're playing everybody at their best. And, hey, I, I, as I said early, that it's an honor to play against Paul Emmerich. He hasn't been around in domestic rugby, and guys haven't had a chance to play against him. So our players would look, very, would look forward to getting an opportunity to play against Paul, just like the same way we get it to get an opportunity to play against Mose Timoteu, Samu Manoa, you know, um, Albert Tui Piloto, uh, Philip Eloff. You know, when, when you get a chance to play against a guy who's a really special player, or Dan Payne, when Dan was playing for Rombach, like I've always felt that Dan was one of the better players, and I thought that he doesn't have enough caps to, to – to, to really justify what he did domestically in his career. True. Yep. So and 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 to me, you want to play against the best every single time. That's the reason you play. And I would rather lose knowing that we played them full metal jacket than win and allow an excuse. Yeah. And then said, oh well like, you know so and so wasn't here and so and so wasn't I don't here. yeah and, and that's that. like to to me and, and to the players on the team, for that matter, it, to, it, I'm really ho- – I mean, I'm hoping that we're in a semifinal, and, and, and that's not a foregone conclusion with, you know, the everybody in the Eastern Conference has been to to the playoffs within the last couple of years. So everybody's a playoff team. Yep. So this is – we're not talking about – this isn't going to be an easy, an easy go. You have one slip-up. You get to lose once. You don't get to lose twice. Somebody's going 6-0. So you get one loss. Yeah. You get two losses, you're done. You're in trouble. Yeah. And it ain't happening. It doesn't matter. You can't bonus point your way through it. Like in a seven game season, a team can win games but not get the bonus points and you can and you can pop past them. In in a semifinal and a final scenario, you can't bonus point your way past them. You can't do anything. You gotta win the games and you gotta win them outright. And and to not have the opportunity to play against Paul for us is kind of sad. Like we want to, we want to be able to play him and, and hopefully we do get to play him. Hopefully we get to play him in New York, but you know, uh, beating life in week two in Atlanta for the AC is going to be difficult. It, it, it's been, as I said on the college show, preparation in the East has been rough. Preparation in the North has been rough. And, it would be a very, very tall order for us to win that second game, to win that game in week two. Sure. And and if we do it, I think that, you know, that that's a credit to everybody. But and and but, and, but you see, okay, if you do win it, every time I write about that win, I'll say in parentheses. But of course, Paul Emmerich wasn't there. How about that? And uh, which which is fine, which is fine. And 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 honestly, it's true. I mean, yeah. the, especially if we win it in a close game, or especially if we win it off a mistake. Yeah. So and and the fact is, the AC's never beaten life. Yep. We've beaten Chicago Lions once. We beat them by a point. So that it, it, it's interesting. Like we go through the league and you say we've beaten everybody, but we've never beaten life. Yeah, that's true. So, well, one one final thing about Paul Emmerich. I'm I'm a big fan of Paul Emmerich. I uh, I think he's done a lot of great things. I really enjoy his style of play. Um he he can maybe maybe go over the the edge a little bit, but I'd rather a player go over the edge uh playing for the United States than be too timid. And you saw what he did 
at the uh, in the tour in the fall. Uh, he comes on against Portugal in the game that was kind of, you know, sort of just sort of floating along and and pull and put in a, a a huge play to score a try that lifted the team. And then he scored another try. He scored two tries out of the four that they scored on that tour. Um, and uh, and I'm happy for him that there is some stability in his preparation for the World Cup, just as I'm happy for all the players who are able to get some stability and say, I know what I'm going to be doing for the next six to to eight months, so I know what I'm going to be doing to get ready uh, to be in the the best shape possible. Hey, you know what? Paul's a money player. He's been a great player for America. He's represented us very well, and – you know, there's been a couple unfortunate incidents. And you know what? Past is the past. We move to the future, next job. That's the way we look at it. And I think that hopefully things go well for him in the United States, in the World Cup, and in the Seven Series. The guy's a great player, and he's awesome. And I'm so happy to have him in the Super League. Unfortunately, he was not able to join the New York Athletic Club, but. <laughs> things ha- and but but in, in fairness to him he made the right decision for himself because that was you know it, it it is a scenario where he can go into a daily training environment whereas at our club he doesn't get that and and so he made a decision for him that was best it wasn't like we didn't ask him yep. you know this wasn't you know this wasn't a uh you know it wasn't like life was the only team that called him uh, we did too, but the, we just don't have on offer what life has on offer as far as the ability to prepare, and okay. and that's and that's the fact of the matter. On top of the fact that they, you know, they have a coach who two coaches who are former Premiership players, and 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 it's and you know as as we said when we were talking to life that when we were talking to James when he was talking about it. Their game plan is the AC game plan. It, they just practice it five days a week, and we practice it twice. That's right. Who's going who's gonna to be better at it? it you know, it's pretty, uh, pretty obvious. That's exactly right. Well, perfect. It was a, it was a good show. Very, very informative, and uh, love talking to Paul, and love talking to you too, Bruce. Uh, I missed you in those, those first two or three minutes. It was, uh, it, it was very sad for me. Um, but. For uh, thanks to Paul Emmerich and for Bruce McLean, this is Alex Goff in Rugger Matrix America saying thank you for listening.